welcome, welcome to, to Drug Mythology. Mythology. I am your co-host, Krista Hunziker. And I'm your co-host, Christian Madonna. And today, it is February 2019, we are talking about Valentine's Day episodes. That's right, last year, we were like, are we doing them? No, this year, we're doing them. This year, we're talking about love. Talk about love who and wrote, loss. And who wrote the book of love? And who goes to hell? And back for love. Yep. <laughs> I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. But I would do anything for love, including going to the depths of hell and back. Eh, I wouldn't do that. I won't do that. Meatloaf, I won't do that. You are, you, I guess you're not my Orpheus. <laughs> That's right. So last time we talked about um, Jason the Argonauts, and if you guys haven't listened to that, I recommend. Very good. 10 out of 10. It's a good one. <laughs> yeah, 10 out of 10 pups agree. Very good. And we mentioned Orpheus, who is a minstrel of sorts, the bard of bards, really. Oh, he is the musician hero. He is the best musician and poet to come out of ancient uh, and classical uh, antiquity. Yeah. Storytelling. And he was actually on the Argo as part of that team, but this story is what happens after he gets back from the expedition. Yeah, this is this is really like the uh, the same way Jason's story is rounded out post-Greece by Roman poets. It's the same way for Orpheus' story. Uh, oh, yeah. So, you know, uh, Apollonius of Rhodes, he introduced uh, Argonauticus. Uh, you know, he wrote Jason the Argonauts and really brought that story to life, but later poets really kind of fleshed out the end for Medea and Jason. <laughs> like all of Rome, they were like, we see this Greek stuff, let's incorporate it into our own Roman lens. It's pretty good, let's, let's take let's it. steal it. <laughs> so, my two main Roman poets are stealing and taken for Rome, uh, Ovid and Virgil. From Greece. Who yes. well, uh, No, yeah, stealing and taken for Rome from Greece, yeah. yes. Uh, yeah. Ovid, Ovid and Virgil. Ovid, Ovid, Virgil, in the classical style of Polonius, they write the tale of Orpheus and Eurydice. Eurydice. Eurydiceus. <laughs> Eurydiceus. All right, go for it. Okay, so Orpheus was, he was, as in Jason the Argonauts, he was the greatest living poet and minstrel bard. Minstrel's bad. I don't like minstrel. He's the greatest poet and musician of all of antiquity. The beauty of his song was it it rivaled the gods. They were the, uh, Apollo and the gods were the only ones who could keep up with Orpheus. Mm. It wasn't Apollo also maybe his daddy? Oh yeah, so, so let me get let me get into that because um, you know there's some babies and there's some deathlings in, in there. But they what they say is while Hermes invented Hermes the, Hermes invented the lyre and he gave the lyre to Apollo. It was said that Orpheus was the one who perfected it, mm-hmm. and it was Apollo who gave Orpheus his golden lyre. And which, you can actually listen to the uh, the episode of Mercury giving the lyre to uh, or Hermes giving the lyre to Apollo in our episode two, All My Zeus's Children. That's okay. right. That's Continue. right. Continue. Her, as Hermes. <laughs> uh, since we're talking Ovid, since we're talking uh, Virgil here, we're talking when Mercury gave Apollo the lyre, sure. But it's Apollo who gives Orpheus this golden golden lyre. And Ooh. in fact, it's said that Orpheus is the is the son of the muse Calliope. Mm-hmm. Calliope. Uh, thank you. <laughs> the, the muse uh, Calliope. And there, there's some different... Uh, origins for his parentage. Uh, so a lot says it's the Thracian king, uh, king of Thrace, Oigris. Oigris, sure. <laughs> and some stories say Orpheus is the son of Apollo, which kind of fits, you know, god of music. Mm-hmm. Apollo is the one who taught Orpheus how to play his lyre, and he's the one who gave him the golden lyre. There's so much of it. Yeah, it's like, do you want him to be a demigod, or you just want him to be a really fantastic human? It's up to you. Yeah, it's p- pick your poison. Like, yeah. it's, it's one of those. But Orpheus of, a th- of Thrace was a hero in the most romantic sense. <laughs> 
he played his music and he slayed and he swayed. He just played and he slayed and he swayed. With the music that he played. And he was most important in the story of Jason the Argonauts because of his music playing, because of his mighty lyre in which he used it when the seas were rough and choppy and monsters were attacking. He would play his beautiful songs. A and nice sea shanty, if you will. A nice sea shanty to rouse the spirits of Jason and all the Argonauts to, to, to fight the seas. And it was row, row, row your boat, actually. Little known fact, he's the one that wrote it. He wrote, wrote, wrote your boat. Yes, and we forgot to mention, but he actually helped um, in a specific instance with the sirens, because I guess also Jason came across the sirens, because fuck, just throw everything into Jason and the Argonauts. Didn't forget to mention it. We were working our way up there, leading to the top. No, I mean last episode. Oh, yeah, we didn't mention that. Yeah. So like Krista said, as Jason and the Argonauts, just like, you know, on the Odyssey, just like Odysseus and them, they came across the sirens singing their deathly, you know... Yeah, death mermaids. Death mermaids. Yep. That's that's the name of that's my heavy them. metal band. <laughs> that's them. Death mermaids. So you know they're they're singing their 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 song and snaring the ears and hearts of men. And Orpheus catches on real quick and he plays his lyre. He's like, I can do that better. He actually does the devil went down to Georgia and they're the devil part and he's like the other part. He's he's the Johnny with his golden lyre, yeah. his golden fiddle, his golden lyre. Um, you know, and he wins. Orpheus rosined up his lyre. It's the, I told you once, you son of a bitch, I'm the best there's ever been. And he. <laughs> Dills in the house of the rising sun. And yeah. then he won uh, between the Jason and the Argonauts follow the siren's call and go off to the watery grave, or they don't. And they didn't. They survived the sirens because of Orpheus. And, um, and he lives another day to come back home. Yeah. And really, though, his greatest journey was not this, was not with the Argonauts. It was after this. And it brought him to the depths of hell, the depths of the underworld, on a quest for love. Aww. Where love conquers all, even death. Sort of. Almost. Eventually. One bit. Eventually. It comes real close. It comes real it close. It comes real, real close. Okay, a foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> but on the day that Orpheus was to marry his beautiful wood nymph bride. Love of his life. The love of his life. They're both good people. His true love, Eurydice. All right, if you look up Eurydice, she's, she's an oak wood nymph, and she's also... Uh, those nymphs were also potentially uh, daughters of Apollo. He's all over this. He's everyone's dad. In Apollo's this got his little grubby little sun fingers and everything. This is music and love, and Apollo's name is all over it. It's so, Apolloing. <laughs> <laughs> so on this this wonderful, fateful, dreadful, awful day. Oh boy! Of their wedding, like uh, most weddings. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that right? Uh, what will go wrong will go wrong. Everything will go wrong. It's gonna rain. Yeah, it's gonna rain. Their in-laws are gonna fight and oppose yeah. both sides. Yeah, it's gonna be real awkward. He's gonna split off and fight with himself. It's gonna be bad. <laughs> He's, oh, yeah. yeah. His, his oracles are gonna fight. Just uh, like snakes in the grass, you know? Literal are, and figurative. There are literal... Uh, you know what? Every wedding, check for snakes in the grass. Yeah. It's, it's worth checking. It's worth checking. Yeah. Uh, so, Eurydice, uh, there's two ways to tell it. I mean, are you Ovid or are you Virgil? Uh, Eurydice was dancing with the other nymphs, uh, the naiads, they're river nymphs. Or, she's being chased by a minor god and other son of Apollo, Aristius. He's like the like the rustic folk god of music and everything Apollo is. Mm, he's a son he's of Apollo. Banjo. He's a, he's a minor Roman son of Apollo god of like... The washboard. Know, he's dueling banjos. Yeah. Instead of dueling lyres, which sounds like a court case. But either way, 
either if it's she's just dancing with the naiad nymphs or she's being chased by Aristeus. Either way, Eurydice is bitten by a deadly viper and it's just immediate. She dies so instantly. Have you ever been by a snake and then immediately died? She <laughs> did. <laughs> Eurydice did. And, and as soon as and like as soon as Orpheus found her, like, you know, I mean, he could have been there. She, she got was, like, bit. coming to the altar, right? Like, like, like she, she was on her way to marry him. She could have been right there in front of him. She gets bit. By the time he gets to her, like, seconds later, she's dead. Aw, poor babe. That's a one-two snake. Like, oh, yeah. Two steps, she's dead. So Orpheus was distraught and yeah. determined. I mean, I love Eurydice more than anything. And he would do anything for love. But not that. But he would do that. Oh. He would venture to hell and back to prove it. Oh, shit. To the gods, no man, nor beast, nor god could resist his resolve and his music. Mm. So, and none should, because because love that pure, it should be heard and felt. Aww. And that's Orpheus's way. So Orpheus dared more than any any man. You know, all, all your heroes, everyone. Orpheus was like, no, I'm going to the underworld because I love Eurydice and I'm going to get her back. Aw, that's so sweet. Yeah, right? So he goes on a quest to sway the hearts of the queen goddess, Proserpina. Proserpina. Who is Persephone? Persephone, if you're Greek. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the king god of the underworld. Pluto. Pluto. Who is Hades. Hades, if you're Greek. And so Orpheus went on this journey... This journey into hell and back. And he... To get a woman that he loves that's dead. And he really loved her. Like, he... Huh. That sounds real familiar. Sounds a bit like uh, Dante's Inferno, if you know what I mean. Dante going through the circles of hell to get Beatrice back. You you know Dante Alighieri pulled a lot of allegory into, um... Sorry, allegory. Allegory. (laughs) To (laughs) this trip into hell. (laughs) I thought you were just saying his last name. (laughs) Dante Alighieri. He he pulled a lot of allegory into this, into the Alighieri. He did pull a lot of Alighieri into, into yeah. the Inferno. No stories are original. You heard it here first. Peace. Except us. We're original. No, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> but Orpheus goes down into hell and he plays for the Cerberus. He plays his beautiful song and puts that three-headed dog guard to sleep. Kind and he of... plays music to put a, do- a three-headed dog to sleep that's guarding a gate? Yeah, a forbidden gate. Oh, yeah, you know, that kind of sounds a lot like... It's only forbidden to first years. <laughs> Second, third years, fuck all. Have at it. That's right. Harry Potter. You heard it here first. It's You're... a reference to that. It's a reference to that. And you know, it's a pretty good reference because in you know you might not have caught it until you heard this episode right if you're a little kid you're like oh you're like oh that's really cool but if you're like a greek mythology nerd you're like oh that's even cooler that's orpheus i get it okay so he puts the dog to sleep so he yeah he puts he puts fluffy he puts cerberus to sleep (laughs) and then orpheus goes through hell literally Mm -hmm. and he goes and he plays for the ferryman charon and charon takes him across the river Styx for free free of charge he had no no coins I think it's like Phantom of the Opera a little bit. Oh, like yeah. he's Christine and the ferryman is Charon and they're singing like, you know, Phantom of the Opera. Oh, they definitely, well, Orpheus is singing the whole time. Or it's like an Adam's family with Fester and... Uh... <laughs> it's actually Fester and Gomez. Yeah. And Fester's like, what the hell? And Fester's Charon and uh, like Orpheus is actually playing and rowing. and rowing at the same time. He's doing like the Venetian uh, rowboat dude. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's got a striped shirt He's now. phantoming. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah. Phantom mask and striped shirt. <laughs> and so he goes across the river sticks and he plays for every soul he sees in the underworld. He just plays the whole way through. And when he reaches the king and queen in hell themselves, he plays the loudest. Oh, nice rock ballad. He plays, oh, the love ballad. He just like, I want to know. 
<laughs> and he plays this mournful song and it rang through the bowels of hell all the way up to the earth it played. It is said when Orvius sang his heart out for Pluto and and uh, Proserpina that all of it, all of the underworld, all of hell stopped and listened to his mournful cry. Yeah, even Sisyphus, who was rolling up the rock, like stopped rolling up the rock and he's like, oh, I do want to know what love is. Cerberus sat still. Cerberus uh, had woken up and went back to sleep. It's like, no, this is too nice. <laughs> the burning wheel of Ixion stopped its spinning for only once and for this. A will. A wheel. I thought you said will. The wheel. The Got wheel it. in the sky it. keeps on burning. It's, ah. it's, it's Ixium. And Tantalus, he forgets his thirst. He's like, wait a sec. This song is really tantalizing. This. <laughs> oh shit, that's where that comes from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even the dreaded Furies, these goddess demons in hell. Oh yeah, the fa- uh, the vengeful Furies. They wept. They wept tears Aww. at Orpheus' song. It is sung that anyone who heard Orpheus that day could not refuse him. And this is a quote from the from the Roman poets. Orpheus drew iron tears down Pluto's cheek and made hell grant what love did seek. Aww. That's Shakespearean. That except is. that's Roman. So Pluto, he granted Orpheus' request. There is a version I like, though, where it's like, Pluto is still unmoved. He's like, no. But then Proserpina... Yeah! yeah. <laughs> but then Proserpina is, like, slapping him, like, let him do it! <laughs> like, so she actually sways his opinion. And he's like, fine. On I one guess. condition, I guess. Yeah. And Pluto does give him one condition. As you do. And that condition was, you will lead her through hell up to the land of the living, but the thing is, is that you can't turn around to gaze upon her. You can't look at her. You just have to, like, have faith that she's there. You have to trust that she is following behind you. You can't look back, no matter how much you, you want You can't to... say Marco Polo, you know? You can't, you can't do a sound off. You can't whistle while you work. Nah, none of that. You gotta have faith. You gotta have faith. Faith the faith. You gotta have faith. Faith, faith. So Orpheus had to trust that Pluto would keep his word. Which, um, if you know Pluto, is like, I don't know about that. <laughs> Your boy Hades. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I mean, he's better than Zeus, but I don't know about that. <laughs> I would actually trust him a little bit more than Zeus. Yeah. So Orpheus is like, he's going, he's playing, he's strumming his guitar along, you know, a secret tunnel style, going up, and he's like, I don't hear your DC's footfalls. I don't hear her, like, singing. I don't hear her voice. I, I haven't heard any. I have no, like, she could be too far behind me. I have no proof she's here with me following. Right. I could have accidentally left her. I wouldn't know. So he starts starts to get a little bit nervous as you do my anxiety would just be through the roof at this point i'm like i'm not making this journey all the way back here that was hard as fuck the first time the first time they'd make a noise you would like jump <laughs> oh yeah but like i'd be like oh my gosh are they behind me or what what's up with this so he gets to oh my gosh he gets so close he actually steps through into the world of the living but he i mean she has not yet mm-hmm. and the temptation i mean every step he's just like is she behind me i've I've got to know this is the love of my life. Mm-hmm. I can't leave her here. I can't. I, I can't leave her here. Yeah. So he takes a look behind. He turns back and she is one step away. And she just gets sucked right back to hell. And her, she just, she sees him. He sees, he gazes upon her again. He has almost brought her back from hell. And she says, Orpheus, you idiot. Or 
or or potentially says farewell as last words. I mean, you know, <laughs> depending depending on your <laughs> depending on your interpretation. She says she either says farewell or Orpheus, you ass. And she's gone, and he is denied entry back. Even it's like no no take backsies. All the gods are like, oh, you were so close. We bent mm. so many rules for this. But, you fucked up. But you are forbade entry from re-entering the underworld as a living man. Yep. That's it. That's it. And Orpheus, heartbroken. I mean, this was truly the love of his life. He made a great effort. And he meant it. He he really meant, like, listen, I will love you and no one else. And he, he did. That yeah, was it. Yeah, he didn't love anyone else from then on out. He just sat alone in a grove and played his music. That's it. He played. He just composed sonnet after sonnet. He played and played, and he just played love songs that... Rang, Sad love songs. That rang true in the heart of every lover, past, present, and even today. And he played their stories, and he played so beautifully and mournfully. And he was alone, and only the rivers and the birds accompanied him. Mm-hmm. They sang his songs, too. They sang his songs. And Orpheus played so beautifully that it broke the heart of the maenads. Oh, the main ads. Those are those girls who follow Bacchus. Those are, oh, Bacchus. Yeah, if you're Roman, if you, the Bacchus is groupie. Dionysus if you're Greek, but they're, they're the they're groupies. They're his groupies. They're and his murder orgy groupies. Yeah, here's the thing is that they represent both the, like, mur- or they represent both the, like, joyous celebration orgy, like, complete drunkenness, but then also the rage of drunkenness as the well. The urge to kill. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're a dangerous breed. So they're in the woods and they hear him playing. You kind of don't want to party with, like, you do want to party with them. Them, but, but then, you want to leave before it gets too late, and then like the sobbing comes out. Oh, there the is no line. Out. Like, yeah, it's just like, oh yeah, it's such a, a good time. time. Shots, one more shot. Murder, murder, murder yeah. time. So Orpheus plays, and it breaks their hearts, and they go into this frenzy, and they tear him limb from limb, and rip his head off, and toss it in the river. Yeah, because they're like, if he can't love us, we don't want. We he just won't live anymore. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's that's how you murder. That's the stalker way. That's the that's the, the minded murder orgy way yep um, so they just tear him limb from limb which is horrifying and they toss his head into the river uh, oh. into the river Hebrus oh gross oh god yeah but uh, Orpheus's head and is found by the muses who take great pains to collect his parts and put it all together Ew. and they bury him at the foothills of Mount Olympus like, oh. as a whole they put him back together and just like no you were a beautiful they soul they didn't find his left pinky of all the things, the left pinky is still out there, they, haunting. No, they say the left pinky of Trying Orpheus is uh, is what the greatest musicians of all time have, have found and, and played for a time and has it passed on down it's through a tradition. Pick. It's a pick. It's a, it's That's a, a lie. It's a this li- is all a lie. I'm just making This is lie. all a liar. <laughs> it's a liar, a liar pick. <laughs> yeah. So they put it back together under the mountain. So they put him back together. And it is from there that songbirds sing louder and more beautifully than any else. Not because it's Mount Olympus, of course. No, no, because of Orpheus. Okay, but that's Orpheus' body. Orpheus' soul? Hmm. His soul journeyed back to the land of the dead where it now belonged. And now he takes long walks with his love, Eurydice. He can hear her. He can gaze upon her all he wants. uh, Because they're reunited with the love of his life and his death. Uh, Just Yeah, they take walks along the river Styx. And every so often, he'll, like, lead her, you know, like those Instagram pictures by the hand. And then he, like, turns around and looks at her. 
And she's there. And, she's there. and she doesn't go away. She's there. They're there together. In their and own little paradise. Hurting. And it's, it's, real, it's real happy. It's real sweet. Oh, are you crying? No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, you're crying. Oh, it is really sweet. It's a, it's a, it's like a sad but happy ending because their souls are together forever. Oh, that's so sweet. I love it. <laughs>